Um, it's, it's great to be back, back with you. Um, the week before, or last week, time seems to be going together, um, a group of us were in Nashville, Tennessee for our general council of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. And most of you are probably aware, but this church, ACAC, is part of that denomination, the Christian Missionary Alliance. I had the privilege of my first time gathering with so many other pastors and ministers in the Alliance. It was a wonderful time. And then last weekend, my son graduated from high school. And so we had a chance to celebrate that and had family in town. But um, it's great to be back with you today and the next, next few weeks. This is a very busy summer uh, for my family, um, for all of us, but uh, we're moving from where we live in, in Westmoreland County here to the north side, and I'll share in the next couple, upcoming weeks, I'll share with you some of the things that God is doing with that, and it's, it's pretty awesome. We're very excited. But I have two really important announcements uh, before I get to the message, and the first one is this. In, in case you missed the weekly update that came out this past Thursday, uh, sidebar, I would encourage all of you to do that because we share a lot of announcements and details. It comes out once a week in email format, and I do a, a short video uh, that gives you some of those details. So beginning Monday, um, beginning Monday, we are making changes to our COVID protocol. I think you would all agree, whether you're here in this room or whether you're watching online, this has been an extremely difficult season for all of us in our nation, in the world, and especially as a church navigating a pandemic. If there is one thing that I believe this pandemic has done is to expose the variety of perspectives, opinions, and even emotions that can be attached to that. And our response through this as a church here as a local body at ACAC has been to take a very precautious approach during this pandemic out of love for our community and our neighbor. It is a response that I am proud of and it is a response that has been spirit led. You see, we, and me in particular as the lead pastor, I have listened to the voice of our congregation the voice of our elders and our staff and our leadership. We listen to the voice of the CDC. We listen to the voices of our local and state officials. But there is one voice that trumps all of that and that speaks louder and we are attuned to more than anything and that is the voice of the Holy Spirit. So while, so while um, we have not made everyone happy and as I said in my weekly update, that is never the goal of the lead pastors to make everyone happy. I pastor, I don't sell ice cream. And so, and, and so it's to follow the leading of the voice of the Spirit and to make the Lord happy. With all of that said, um, our approach as we have begun regathering has been to crawl, to walk, and to run. And in following that same, my heart believes that the Lord would have us run. It is time for us to run. Now, we may not be sprinting right out of the gate, but we're going to run. And so what that looks like is beginning Monday, 
Um, we are going to move both on our campuses and in ministries to a mask optional policy. And so that means that beginning next weekend and this week, again, starting Monday during the weekday ministries, um, you will not be required to wear a mask as you're moving up upon our campus and in our services beginning next weekend. We will certainly honor, we understand uh, those of you who choose to do that, and we respect you in that decision. At each of our services next weekend and moving forward, we still will have a mask only section for those who feel comfortable doing that but it's a change that we feel we need to do it is time for us to run Amen. it's time for us to run the race to which god has called us to do and that race is very unique to this congregation it is a race that god has called us to run in diversity meaning generational socioeconomic ethnical political and opinion diversity that we would model in the midst of that diversity, how to love one another well in modeling to the world what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Moving away from COVID, this one's far more exciting. Some of you have asked, what about the congregational vote for our new hub? So I did announce that in the weekly update. Uh, several weeks ago, but I understand not all of you saw that. And so um, I thank this congregation, this body, for one, your prayerful um, consideration and confidence because you overwhelmingly supported all three initiatives of the Community Hub. We came to you on those. And so I won't go into all of the details, but it was an overwhelming support. And so we are moving ahead with the construction of our hub. And now the biggest question is, you wanna know, well, when will that start? Um, it was supposed to start last year in the middle of COVID and it got pushed back and we have communicated to you that it was going to start in June. Right now, the target is middle July. As you can imagine, a church in the middle of Allegheny County and in the city, there are lots of permits and sometimes curveballs happen. We had one of those curveballs come in the last week or two and I'm so grateful for our leadership, Pastor Ken, and in that we, we believe we have it resolved. And so the target date is mid-July. We will certainly keep you communicated and um, wanted you to know that. I covet your prayers. Uh, I hope you pray uh, for this body, for this church. Um, not only in navigating COVID, but as we go into construction, um, just pray that the grace of God would be upon it. And um, with that, let's open, uh, before I open the, the word for today in Genesis 45, let's pray together. Father, I thank you. To be honest, these haven't been easy times, but you have walked with us the entire time. Even when we haven't seen you or even have wondered if you're there, you have been there. You have blessed this church. You have walked with us and I know you have gone before us. So I thank you. I thank you for the lessons that we have learned in the midst of the pandemic. I pray that we never forget them, the opportunities that we had to run and serve our community, to serve our families, to serve kids. May we never lose that. I thank you for the opportunity that we're going to have next month to break ground in this new hub that is being built. May your favor and your blessing be upon it so that we would be a blessing to this community as you have called us to be. And now as we open your word and we look, I know that, Lord, in my heart, you have prepared some for this moment today. So I ask, Father, that you would speak and do it only 
you can do. In the name of Jesus, everyone said, Amen. Amen. So the year was 1980. I was eight years old, and it is one of the first movies I ever remember my father taking me, taking me to. And it was a trilogy that came out during that season. The first movie, I believe, was 1977. And then the second of that trilogy, named Empire Strikes Back, was released in 1980. Before I show you a picture, how many know what movie I'm talking about? Okay, so they're going to put this picture on the scene. Uh, up on the screen and so this is the Empire Strikes Back movie and there's two characters that even if you haven't seen the movie um, you're going to be familiar with and I am going to give you a spoiler alert but in full transparency the movie's 40 years old so if you haven't seen it by now it's too late so this scene between Darth Vader and Luke is the climax it is the peak of the movie Empire Strikes Back. And I want you to finish this phrase. If I were to say, Luke, I am your father. You know that line. You know, I mean, even if you haven't seen the movie, you're familiar with the line in this scene that says, Luke, I am your father. And that's what happens here. So obviously you have bad guy, Darth Vader, good guy. And it's in this moment that Luke discovers his enemy is his father. And despite being his father, Darth Vader shows absolutely no love and no mercy for his son Luke. They are mortal enemies and it becomes clear that one of them have to die. And this story is so tragic because Luke never knew the truth about his dad until this moment. The family ties, the father-son relationship, they didn't weaken and they didn't eliminate the conflict. In fact, it complicated it. The origin of the greatest pain, the origin of Luke's greatest conflict in his enemy came from within his own family. So you're probably asking, what does Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader and Empire Strikes Back have to do with Joseph in Genesis 45? Joseph had that very same experience. The root of all of Joseph's struggles, the root of having him being sent in slavery to Egypt, the very thing in the first place was his own family, his brothers. And so like Darth Vader, in some regard, Joseph hides his identity. He's hidden his identity. And much like the climax of this movie, The Empire Strikes Back, where Darth Vader's identity is revealed, Genesis 45, which we're going to look at today, is the climax of Joseph's story, this journey with Joseph, where he reveals his identity to his brothers. However, unlike the movie Star Wars, and unlike the Darth Vader character, the story of Joseph and his brothers has a very different outcome and ending. So before we read our text for today, let's set up Genesis 45. You know the story, the big overview that Joseph was betrayed by his brothers at 17 years old. He was sold into slavery and he goes to Pharaoh's palace where he's falsely accused. He's thrown into prison. And while in prison, the cupbearer and a couple of 
of Pharaoh's guys have dreams and Joseph interprets them and says, hey, don't forget about me. And then they go and they forget about Joseph and then Pharaoh has a dream and then Joseph comes out and eventually Pharaoh puts Joseph in charge of all of Egypt. And then famine comes. And God blesses Joseph with gifts and understanding how to handle the famine in Egypt. And his father, Jacob, who thinks his son Joseph is dead, sends his boys to Egypt to get food. And then all of a sudden, Joseph comes face to face with his brothers. And like I mentioned, he hides his identity. And the climax of the story between Joseph and his brothers, we come to in Genesis 45. And Judah makes this scene in Genesis 44 where he pleads with Joseph not to keep the youngest brother, Benjamin. And so now we get to Genesis 45, verse 1 through 8. Let's look at it together. If you have your Bibles, it says this. Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, out all of you, So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him and word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come Closer, he said to them. So they came closer. And he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years. And there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of Egypt. One of the things that I have not mentioned throughout this series called Journeys with Joseph is the parallel in the life of Joseph and the life of Jesus. The foreshadowing and the pointing towards the life of Jesus that this portion of scripture does. Let me talk about the Bible for a minute, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Too often, Christians look at the Old Testament as just history. But what we need to understand is that God's word, both the Old and the New Testament, make up the gospel story. The Old Testament is not just history. The Old Testament always points ahead to Jesus. And this story, it's so critical that we understand this story does the same thing. In fact, if you were to look at some details, which I'm going to give you in a moment, in the life of Joseph, if I said the details and the, and the facts, you would question, well, is he talking about Joseph or is he talking about Jesus? Let me explain. Joseph was the object of his father's special love. So was Jesus. Joseph had promises of divine exaltation. So did Jesus. Joseph was mocked and hated by those closest to him. So was Jesus. Joseph was betrayed by money, silver. 
so was Jesus. Joseph was stripped of his robe, so was Jesus. Joseph was delivered up to the Gentiles, so was Jesus. Joseph was falsely accused, so was Jesus. Joseph was faithful during temptation, as was Jesus. Joseph was thrown into prison, so was Jesus. Joseph stood before rulers, as did Jesus. Joseph was exalted through humiliation, so was Jesus. Joseph embraced God's purposes, even though it meant physical harm, and so did Jesus. Joseph saved his rebellious family members from death, and so does Jesus save us. From our rebellion. The beauty of the story between Joseph and Jesus, Joseph and his brothers, I'm sorry, here in Genesis 45 is the beauty of the gospel story. It is the relationship that Jesus desires to have with us. This story in Joseph 45 between Joseph and his brothers is a replica. It is the story of the relationship that Christ desires to have with his people. Let me demonstrate. Joseph knew his brothers before they knew him. You see, Joseph recognized Benjamin before Benjamin recognized Joseph. Joseph, when he first saw Judah, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and all of his other brothers, he recognized them and they didn't recognize Joseph. However, when they saw Joseph, not as their brother, but they saw him as some mysterious Egyptian master who knew nothing of them. They had no clue they were in the presence of their brother. Let me go back a couple chapters and explain. I believe it's Genesis 42. Genesis 42 verse 8, the Bible says that although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. You see the picture? The brothers come from Egypt, Jacob sends them, and they come into Joseph's presence. They had no clue who Joseph was, but Joseph knew them. In the same way, is it so hard to imagine that so many people fail to recognize God, the creator and our savior in Jesus? And when Jesus, the son of God, when he appears on that very first Christmas as the baby, the, the, the Bible talks about this. Look at this verse in John. The Bible says that when Jesus came to the very world, when God came to the very world he created through Jesus, the world did not recognize him. Joseph recognized his brothers before they did, and so too, Jesus recognizes us. Jesus knows you. He knows me even if we do not know him. If you are here today or watching online and you don't know Jesus, you need to understand that Jesus still knows you. He knows you even if you don't know him. The psalmist David, he writes about this in Psalms. Look what David writes. He says, you, O Lord, you've examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know when I sit down. You know when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. David says, you see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You see me when I'm in quarantine. You know everything I do, David says. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. Hear me when I tell you Jesus knows you deeply. Now, Jesus doesn't just know you from being your creator in the fact that you, you exist 
or your physical body or, yeah, I know there's a George there. I know there's an Alan there. No, he knows you intimately and deeply. He knows your desires. He knows your dreams. He knows your fears, your doubts, your concerns. He knows your secrets. He knows your successes and he knows your failures. Remember that although you may even hide from others and you may hide from yourself, all things are known before God because he knows you deeply. This picture in Genesis 45 also tells us that Joseph loved his brothers even when they didn't love him. You see, as the story continues, we learn that his brothers do end up loving Joseph, but they did not love him yet. How could they? If you remember several chapters earlier when I preached on this before, the brothers hated Joseph. 17 years old, they despised their brother. They threw him in a pit. They sold him into slavery. For all intensive purposes, they thought Joseph was dead. But God had been working in their hearts. They came to regret. They eventually came to repent of their actions. But they could hardly love a person whom they had barely known and whom they had sold and betrayed 20 years before. Yes, Joseph loved his brothers, even when they didn't love him. And Joseph loved them deeply. We just read that Joseph, his deep love for his brothers is displayed. We just read that the Bible says he couldn't stand it anymore and he kicked everybody out of the room. He said, I need to be alone with my brothers. And you remember what we read? Joseph cries and Joseph weeps to the point that the people outside of the room heard him. That's how much he loved his brothers. Just like Joseph loved his brothers when they didn't love him, Jesus loves you even when you don't love him. Even when you turn your back and have want nothing to do with God, want nothing to do with Jesus, when you despise him, don't believe in him, believe he doesn't exist, Jesus still loves you. And I believe there are some here today, I believe there are some watching online that have no love for God. You may be here out of habit, you may be here because somebody asked you, someone drugged you in front of the phone or told you to watch this and you're watching and you go, I want nothing to do with God. You're bitter, you're broken, you're confused, you're fed up, you feel angry, you feel abandoned. God would have you know that he loves you even if you don't love him. And the thing that if you're in that category that you have to realize is that love does not begin with you. It never has begun with you. First John, the same author of John, writes this, that God showed, God showed how much he loved us by sending his own son into the world so that we would have eternal life through him. That's Jesus. And this is real love. Listen to this. Look at this. Not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Jesus loves you even when you don't care and love him. He loves you. And God's love is greater than any feeling. 
It's greater than any emotion. It's greater than any mistake. It's greater than any betrayal. It's greater than any failure. There is no mistake. There is nothing you could ever do that would outweigh or outperform the love that Jesus has for you. So Joseph, he kicks everyone out of the room. He breaks down and he weeps. And he says, much like Darth Vader, or Luke, I am your father. He says, I am Joseph. Imagine that moment for a second. Imagine being his brothers. Imagine being Reuben or Levi or Simeon, who you sold your 17-year-old brother into slavery, and now you stand before him. You would be scared half to death. If Joseph had a lightsaber, you'd think he'd take it out and wipe him out. But Joseph doesn't do that. Can you imagine the fear? I am Joseph. And the lights go off and they look at Joseph. What would his brothers wanted to do in that moment? They wanted, wanted to hit the exit door and run. And before they can even move a muscle, the Bible says they were speechless, they were stunned. Joseph says two words. He says, come closer. Before the brothers even had a chance to respond, Joseph says, please, come closer. He said to them, and they came closer. And Joseph said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery. Joseph had told them who he was, and they were terrified. But he said two words. He said, come closer. Joseph called his brothers when they would have wanted to run. They must have feared that Joseph calling him close, that his calling them close was to harm them and to pay them back for the betrayal and the years, 20 some years of suffering that Joseph had endured because of his brother's betrayal. And when he says come closer, you know they were thinking here it is, the moment our sins find us out. Retribution is coming. However, they discovered instead of an angry master that wanted to give them retribution, they discovered a loving brother. Joseph said, come closer. He was calling them with a sweetness and a powerful love, an embracing love. And Jesus calls you even when you want to run away. Come closer, is what Joseph said. Jesus' brother James uses the exact same words to us. He says, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Jesus knows you even when you don't know him. Jesus loves you even when you don't love him. And Jesus calls you even when you want to run. And I ask everybody to stand in this moment. Would you stand? If you're watching online, I want you to be right here with me. We've been praying for this moment. Amen.
the last thing Joseph's brothers felt like doing was taking a step towards their brother. The last thing they felt like doing was going closer. But they did. Joseph said to them, guys, don't be mad. Don't argue. Don't regret. It was God. He says it three times. If you read that chapter, go back and look. Three times Joseph said, don't be mad. You were betraying me, but that was God that was working. It was God that was working me for this moment. And hear me right now. There's some of you here. God has ordained this moment. He has gone before you. It is no accident that you are here. It is no accident that you're watching it. Whenever it is, God has gone before you in this moment. And he is saying the same words that Joseph said. Come closer. And today I want to give those an opportunity that have never placed their faith in Jesus Christ, or you've turned and you've walked away to respond as Joseph's brothers did and to come close. Can you imagine when Benjamin did, when his brother Judah did, when Reuben did? I can see Joseph one by one grabbing the neck of Reuben, having been betrayed, said, Reuben, I love you, come close. Judah, I love you, come close. The father would draw, and he wants to, in the same analogy, do that to you today. And let me tell you, it would be really easy, and I, and I know there's nothing wrong with this, but I'm not going to ask that we bow our heads and close your eyes. To, today, I'm asking that if that's you, the Bible says in John that it is the father who speaks and the father who draws. And in this message, I believe that the father is speaking to you. I don't want you to bow your heads. You're making a public declaration of faith. And if that's you, we're going to, John's going to play and we're going to sing one verse and one chorus. We're going to worship together. We're not doing 25 verses of just as I am. There's no manipulation here. But if the spirit of God is tugging at your heart, I want you to be bold and I want you to come close to Jesus. If that's you, as, as I sing this and I lead that we sing this together, I want you to come right down here up front. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Sing this with me, oh come. Oh come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious. Okay. Amen. It's all right, I told you. It's the Father who draws. So here's the thing. I want to respond and just to those who are watching online it's a little different I know you can't come forward and that's okay if you're watching on our online platform there there's a pastor there and I just would love for you to type hey that's me I came close to Jesus today and they'll follow up with you there if if you're watching at a later time call the church just email us and let us follow up I'm grateful that in this room that if the Lord was to come back today or something to happen to you, that each and every one of us, I believe, 
based on your response that this group would all spend eternity in heaven. Amen. So here's, here's the thing. This goes against what we normally do online because this is going to timestamp this. But I'm going to ask those who are here tonight <laughs> to pray for tomorrow's services. I asked our church to pray that, that God would call those who have never put their faith in Jesus Christ and that he would draw them. Would you do that? All right, let me pray as you're seated. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I thank you that, Lord, this group has placed their faith in you. And I pray that as our faith grows, that we would be increasingly allegiance to your kingdom, not the kingdom of this world. I do pray for those who have watched online that if there are those that, Lord, took a step closer, that they would have the strength to reach out, that you would meet them where they are, that, Lord, if they confessed with their mouth, they believed that you died and that you rose again that they repented of their sins that they would know in the fullness that they are saved and that you have them in the palm of your hand thank you for that remarkable truth in all of us in the name of jesus christ everyone said amen, amen.